In a culture of people focused on self-glorification, personal gain, and Instagram over experiences, to truly serve God, love people, and tell your own story, well that, that is living boldly. Over these next few minutes, we want to explore what living for God in this crazy culture looks like and how we can daily make that choice to live bold. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast, everybody. It's episode one, season one, and it's me, Harold, sitting here in the chair across the mic from my main man, Christian. How you doing today, my brother? I'm doing well. I need Just, to, you know, I need to preface that when I say that too, because you're not actually my brother. You're my cousin, but yeah, well, pe- people believe that anyway. So, well, you know, it is, it's really fun to explain to people, um, who we are and how we're related. And people always think your dad is my dad and nobody knows my dad, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all of that aside, welcome. How are you doing? You're doing well. I'm doing pretty good. You good. know, good stuff, man. Well, for everyone listening, um, this is the first episode, so obviously it's going to be just slightly awkward, and we're going to take some time introducing ourselves a little bit, but welcome to the Live Bold podcast. You just heard the introduction, um, kind of the the ideology behind the podcast is when you, when you live a life to serve God first, love people, and then tell your own story, like when you do that in America in 2020, that's just completely different than everyone else. So for sure, that's living bold. And um, I know you have another podcast and I listened to your Monday episode and you actually kind of quoted that. So waited. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Steal that and use it. I love it. So good job on that. Just uh, a shameless plug here. No, I'm just (laughs) Yeah, uh, for sure. And if you guys are are listening to the podcast, wherever you might be, um, you can always head on over to the live bold, live bold podcast.com. And we should have some show notes and the latest episode up on the homepage for you. So I'm going to try and keep that up to date as we release um, episodes, probably do about two a month. So liveboldpodcast.com is where you'll find everything that you need to find. Well, thank you guys for dropping on in today. We're going to talk about kind of where we're at, who we are, and then talk about 2020 a little bit. Because if there is a topic that is on (laughs) everyone's brain, it's 2020. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and let you start, uh, Christian, and just kind of All right. explain who you are, what you do, where you come from, whatever you want to share. Honestly, go for it. Yeah, man. Well, uh, my name is Christian. Uh, we know that. No. <laughs> True. Uh, but like right right now, I'm living in uh, Hayden, Idaho. I am working for the Dalton Gardens Church Christ, where I am the worship and uh, youth minister down there. Um, a little bit about myself before I get into where I'm at right now. Um, I grew up in Montana, so... Primarily, I'm a Montana boy um, and grew up in eastern Montana uh, where the churches are small, but the fellowship is big. That's oh, the way yeah. I always looked at it. I love that. Um, and, and so I grew up as a preacher's kid, which I was exposed to a lot of different uh, politics of the church, a lot of different things that come my way, which really helped me prepare me for ministry in a way that I can't really thank my dad enough for, I guess. Um, and so perhaps shout out to him, I guess. Uh, but yeah. uh, growing up in eastern Montana really was an interesting thing because when you look at the demographic of the churches down here, 
uh, or I should say up there. Yeah. Um, up north. <laughs> up north. Yeah, up north. Is that, uh, you know, your bigger churches are in western Montana. You know, you got uh, Billings and Great Falls and all these other ones and th- that are bigger. And you have the smaller churches, which my brother preaches at a smaller church uh, down in Wolf Point, as you know. Uh, and like Sydney and all these other small churches. Um, anyway, it's it's different different atmosphere, learning how to deal with less people but bigger fellowship. The reason I say that is because we would have like Fifth Sunday singing. We have a bunch of people come. And our church would like double, triple in size even. And so just seeing that fellowship was really cool um, to see. Uh, Anyway, I have two brothers and two sisters. Um, uh, I'm the youngest. And so I'm the last person to leave the house, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's like kind of happy to be out and about and on my own. And, and, uh, but I'm sure my mom's missing me quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she is too. (laughs) Fast forward a little bit. Um, So I graduated from Sydney, Montana. Uh, from high school there. Uh, then my dad took a job as a, he, he had preached in Sydney for 16 years and then he took a job in Miles City. Okay. As a minister down there. So He's still been living Mo- there. Still in Montana. Still small yeah, town. Yep. 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 Still, still Eastern Montana, small town churches. That's, that's why I made that segue there. Yeah. Uh, and then I, uh, so to kind of bring you up to where I am now, cause I'm taking a little bit too time, but <laughs> You're good. we got all day. Uh, <laughs> I went to uh, York College down in Nebraska. That was probably one of the best decisions I've made in a long time. I was I questioned myself why I picked to go to a place uh, where <laughs> where there's corn taller than mountains. <laughs> I guess that's how I would describe that. Like uh, that. But really, really, it was just a it was a great experience. I got my uh, bachelor's degree in uh, ministry uh, okay. in biblical studies. Uh, it's funny. I went in going into youth ministry saying that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I had kind of like a midlife college crisis and was like, well, I'll change my mind. Think it again back to the smaller churches only to realize that it's the same degree. And the only difference is the one class I already took. So I technically <laughs> have a bachelor's degree in ministry, youth ministry and biblical studies. So it's, it's very complicated. Hey, that's a good but, spread. That's a good, that's a good spread of experience yeah, to have, even if it's just one definitely. class different. Definitely. And a little bit about where I'm at now. So I, I had got out of college, graduated, you know, in 2020, which is a whole experience of its own. We can talk we about didn't, that you know, later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, but, you know, I was really looking for a job. I had interned this past summer, had a great internship down in Helena at the South Hills Church of Christ. It was a wonderful time. Um, and then I was looking for work. Um, and so I had, it's funny, I went on a bunch of site, sites looking for work, you know, went over to the Christian Chronicle, a bunch of other places, just looking, looking, looking. And Dalton Gardens kept popping up. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm thinking like Boise, Idaho. I'm thinking like flat and like city. And I'm like, what? Uh, I No, I want to be in a place where mountains are. If there's one thing you should know about me, I'm a mountain guy. I love hiking, love all that stuff. And so Dalton Gardens keeps popping up. And so I'm like, fine. So I type in, where's Dalton Gardens? And then I, you know, get shown Coeur d'Alene with all the mountains and the lakes. And I'm like, I'm going to apply just, you know, just, just in case. Um, and besides that, I went down for an interview and really felt like this was a place where I could uh, minister and, and, and do the work that I wanted to. And I, I made a list with God, if you could say it and put it that way. I said, and these aren't necessarily requirements. They were things that I wish happened. I was okay. like, number one, I want a place close to the mountains. Number two, I want a place close to home. Um, close-ish to home, I should say. Number three, I want a place where I can use my talents of singing 
I love music. I love singing. Um, I am a musician in my family, basically. I am the musician, I guess. (laughs) And so I... I've always just wanted to be able to use that to praise God and use it in, you know, to elevate his, his word. And fourth was, I've always had a passion for youth. And the reason behind that is growing up, me and my sister, Teresa, were the only two people that would go um, to youth rallies, go to things like that. And I, and growing up, I was really the only youth in my church. There was other youth there, but we were the only ones that were going to youth rallies and stuff. And so that had an impact on me at a young age. Because it made me realize that, you know, that's this is what I want to do. And it took me a long time. Like I said, I had the identity crisis in the middle of college, which is funny. Um, (laughs) But eventually, you know, I settled on the idea that this is a place where I can, number one, use my talents to serve God in the the worship sense. Yeah. Number two, use my talents to uh, reach the next generation of the youth. Because I have a passion because the next generation of the church is the youth. Exactly. And so I, I feel like it's, especially in 2020, uh, this great year we're having. Um, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's important just to kind of control the narrative a little bit and say um, that the youth of the next generation, we need to be feeding them, feeding them. And that was my mindset. And so I had all these things floating around, and this, it kept popping up at every, every side I went to. So finally I call uh, Michael Lewis up, which, fun fact, his brother was a professor at York College which is really funny to huh. me that that connection was already there. Small world, right? Very small world. Um, and also um, someone related to um, one of the people who ran like the computer secretary stuff for YBC um, was there. And so that was kind of interesting that all those connections. And so the more and more I felt about it, the more and more I felt comfortable. Um, also, Michael's wife was baptized at YBC, Yellowstone Bible Camp, which I grew up going to. And so all these things kind (laughs) of kept falling into place. And so I accept, I accepted the job. It took me about a week because, you know, I thought and prayed about it. When I got down here, I needed to find a place. Me and dad were walking around. uh, Dalton Gardens has a little prayer garden where they have different um, areas with scripture and like different, like, so an olive tree. At the church. Yeah. Yeah. At the church. And so we're, we're walking through here and one, and one of the uh, members comes up and says, you're looking for a place, right? I was like, yeah, like I need, I need to get in a place. I'm going to be living on the street or in the building or something. (laughs) And so she's like, well, I got a friend who's got a basement opening up and she's, you know, just gives me all the details about it. And it kind of just fell into my lap. And that only solidified the idea of God bringing this forth because my dad told me before they left, he said, Christian, I don't think you could have gotten a better job because this is literally everything that you wanted. Right. You couldn't have written a better job description. Anyway, you, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you prayed for what you wanted from where you, where you hoped God would place you in ministry. This really was it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's, and so th- that's where I'm at right now. So that's, that's what I'm bringing to you guys. <laughs> that's awesome. And I just want to put like kind of some, some timeline pieces in there for you too. Um, right now it's the middle of October, 2020. When did you hire mm-hmm. on in up in at Dalton Gardens? It was, so I went down for my interview at the end of August and I started September 14th. Okay. So you're you're exactly at a month when this is like recording and coming out. Um, Exactly. Yep. And, and I don't want to blow this up for you, but you kind of downplayed it. You're like Hayden, Idaho. I just want to say Hayden is Coeur d'Alene, right? So Coeur d'Alene is is. like a hundred thousand people. If you take Hayden and all of them, put them together. Right. 
and then it's like it, there's like three or four towns there's post right. falls hayden you know all these places so <laughs> and then i'm even gonna upplay it again like um how far would it be for you to drive into spokane city limits spokane washington 45 minutes okay so it's it's a little further than i thought but if you take 30 I mean, if you drive fast, 30, but you know. <laughs> That's the only way to drive, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, so I'm just putting that in perspective with, uh, you know, Coeur d'Alene, 100,000 people. And then if you add Spokane, Coeur d'Alene together, you're 350, probably 350,000 people. So yeah, it's pretty close to that. It's pretty big. So. It's kind of, it is kind of cool seeing you because um, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about me too for the first time listeners. But you and I came, both grew up in, in small town, Montana. Um, yeah. And then we both left. I mean... <laughs> Right. Yeah. And it was not that we wanted to leave because I think we all love um, our roots. And Oh, definitely. And anyway, you went to Nebraska and you said you went to where the corn was eight feet tall, right? But yeah. um, <laughs> you just kind of see in the world and then you don't have to land exactly where your roots are. Um, right. But having all of those, that different culture, the different perspective is totally helpful. And then I'm stoked for you, man. I know you've only been there for about a month, but it is really an awesome, <laughs> awesome opportunity. Yeah. And I'm kind of jealous of it at times um, <laughs> because yeah, you do get to lead singing every week with a worship team. And you know, um, that's kind of <laughs> right. an aspect of ministry. I don't get to dabble in very much anymore yeah, because I, that I'm has in been, a different spot. Yeah. That's been a really good learning experience for me. Um, and you know, just being here a month, it's already felt like a church family. And to me, yeah. that's important. Like, no matter what job you take, finding a good church family, that's the most important thing you can do. I 100% agree. So, I mean, <laughs> if there's anybody, you know, ministry is a hard thing because we we talk about it like it's a job, and it is. Right. But, I mean, it's, it's ultimately a calling and a purpose for your life. And so, yeah. I'm just saying, those people that are feeling God's tug on the calling, on the purpose part of it, it's huge. Find that family. Um, that was something that was huge to my wife and I when we found the church Riverton that I'm at now is they said in the interview, we want to find somebody who's going to be a part of our family first. And they're just good at preaching. Yeah. And that's their expertise. But first and foremost is you're a part of the family. So whatever you need, um, that's what we take care of first. And I really, yeah, really appreciate 100%. that. So yeah, Christian's over there in Idaho, uh, almost Washington, up in that little skinny part. Um, <laughs> Pacific Northway. I'm in Pacific time. So fun fact, Idaho, the northern part's on Pacific time. The southern part's on mountain time. So yeah, I technically live in the Pacific Northwest now. So. That's interesting. <laughs> I never thought about how Idaho's uh, sliced like that. But mm -hmm. yeah. And Anyway. Yeah. And, and as far as me, if you guys don't know me, um, maybe you do, because this is technically my podcast that's existed for years but hasn't had very much except for just uh, sermon clips and stuff like that. But now we got an official <laughs> episode. Um, but anyway, my name's Harold. Um, I grew up in Northeast Montana as well. Small town, uh, 3000 people kind of like Christian, uh, same situation and actually I, smaller. Yeah. Smaller. My town. <laughs> right. And, but just small Montana church, you know, and I, Let's see. I went to college. You know, Christian kind of had it a little more figured out come college age, even though he was a few years behind me. But I went to <laughs> o I went to OC, um, Oklahoma Christian in Oklahoma City, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be an engineer. Um, 
<laughs> and that's really hard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very hard. So, you know, it's not that I hated engineering. I was just fed up. I, I, one day I was like, this is, this is too much math. This is not my calling. And, and so I really kind of struggled for a year or two there. And, but it was interesting because I look back now and I can see God was telling me the whole time because when I was in university, I was working in college ministry and I, I had a, a church family like we were just talking about that I was so deeply involved with um, Boulevard in Oklahoma City. Look up Boulevard Church. You'll find them. Um, but I was I was essentially a college minister there. And it, it's through that not knowing what to do, just completely lost at college that I started to see the calling to ministry. And so from there, I came back to Montana and worked kind of an associate minister position for a year in one of the bigger cities in Montana. And then I went down to Texas of all places, Montana and Texas, complete opposites. <laughs> but definitely I went to Sunset International Bible Institute in, in Lubbock, Ooh. Texas. And I graduated there in May. So we're both like fairly recent, officially degreed ministers, <laughs> if you want yes. to put it that way. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> but it, it's interesting. Um, I have been pretty much from graduation until now. I've been here. I'm in Wyoming. I'm in Riverton, Wyoming at the Riverton Church of Christ. And I am the pulpit minister would be the official title. But in a smaller church, you know, I'm in a smaller church still. We're about I'm, I'm say medium small because we're 65 to 80 on a, on a full, full day. But sure, you know, I'm the guy. So it's it's pretty cool to have two separate perspectives if if you're in the church you know that you know the youth and the music side of things can be way different than the preaching side of things at times so that's why I'm, I'm totally tickled to use a word my mom would use right tickled to have you as a guest or as a co-host <laughs> i mean um your mom would use that word <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like because we kind of have both different perspectives but um yeah. both have <clears throat> kind of a concept of the North, the Northwest, and kind of some different angles on what ministry looks like. So yeah, um, I am, I'm here in Wyoming and I am the full-time preacher here and I'm, we really love being here. It's really been where God has shown us to be. So it's been really, really great. And now I'm excited to, to bring this podcast into something that is more discussion and instead of just posting sermons and, and scripture, and, and throwing it at you, just have a conversation and talk about real life. And Christian's a great co-host. So I appreciate that, man. Amen. <laughs> Not a problem. Coffee's conversations in Christ, you know? Hey, I love it. I love, and I do have coffee. So that's perfect. I had coffee. <laughs> then I drank it. So, <laughs> All right. So you guys know who we are. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. But what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think... <laughs> When you come in at this point in the world right now, it's October and it's we, we didn't think we'd still be talking about this in October, but there was a worldwide pandemic and it's not solved yet. Wait, I really? Mean, no, yeah, really. <laughs> you remember that thing that caused, you know, the whole world to implode for months? Yeah, it's still happening. <laughs> so darn, <laughs> you know, it's and so I want to talk about that a little bit today and Mainly, we can talk about the ministry aspect of it, but how did that affect? I mean, you graduated in in May, so I'm presuming that was weird already by that point. And how does that affect all of this process entering into full time ministry and stuff like that for you? Um, how's it looked like? 
Sure, that that was uh, that was definitely interesting. So, my senior year at York was probably the most involved I've been at York. Okay, um, count, discounting the years I was a resident assistant, but my senior year I was a I was a a male cheerleader, uh, stuntman. I'm going to correct people. <laughs> but anyway, um, okay, and then the next <laughs> anyway, um, and then I was also involved a lot with uh, choir and um, celebration singers. Yeah. And so it was my spring, not my spring. It was my, uh, yeah, my spring show, um, where I had, you know, done my performance, sang my solo, that type of stuff. Then we went home for spring break and we never came back. Yeah. And what was hard about that for me is a little bit about my personality. And I guess I could literally say that about any egg or male, but I'm just going to speak for myself here. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, is that I am a very tender hearted person. Yeah. And so when it comes to, relationships with people like friendships and, and whatnot, I cherish those. And the hardest thing for me, I would say having to graduate, graduate online, they just sent me to Palma. I didn't even have a, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the hard part about it was like really learning how to deal with that because for a month there, I was very depressed and it was, it was due to the fact that like I had to go back and get my stuff right. And my stuff was there. I had to say goodbye to my friends um, because some of the friends had had come back. Mm -hmm. Some hadn't. You know, it was like you choose type of thing. And so I chose to stay home because I I didn't want to risk anyone's health. You know. Right. And so that was really hard. But in in a lot of ways, and I've I've said this countless times in 2020 that I think God is using this. Mm -hmm. And he's using it in a good way because I was not taking serious finding a job at all. Huh. Like I, I mean, I, I knew I needed to find a job, but it was like, I was still living in the college moment. Right. I was like, oh, I got time, you know, I, I'll pay off my loans when, you know, I got time to do that. And then when reality hit and it's like, look, you got to start paying loans in December. It's like, you don't have a job. What are you going to do? You know, I thought, I, I thought real hard. I was like, okay, you know, I took, and part of the reason I took the internship in Helena uh, was due to not being able to go back to school. And, and yeah. just, it was kind of cool how God flipped that and used that. And yeah, it was hard and it was tough. And probably the hardest thing for me was not being able to go back and sing with the choir. Yeah. Um, because I had developed that my senior year was my first and last year in choir. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And so, yeah, that's. Yeah. And it was cut the hard, in half. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So it wasn't even a full year. And that was the hard part. Um, and I guess, you know, and that that's the thing for me is God God ended up using that as a um positive thing rather than a negative thing. And short story short, here I am. And part of the reason was because coronavirus made me look internally at myself and say, Yeah, okay, what do I need to do? Where is God sending me? And I had a lot of moments. I guess you could call them nervous breakdowns. 2020 is full of those. But I guess I, I had a lot of moments where, you know, one time I was talking with my dad. I just burst into tears because I didn't know what I was going to do. I was terrified. I was terrified about, not so much terrified about Corona. I mean, a little bit, but like it was more yeah. to the fact of what am I going to do? You know, where am I going to go? And I think really for me, just to wrap things up, I guess, is the idea like it's just, it made me focus on myself and look at what I need to do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, uh, just to speak into a little bit of what, it, what you just shared, um, I don't think you were alone. I mean, your circumstances 
where the specifics were different for everyone. But right. I mean, especially when you take it back to like being in mainstream college and, and university from spring break, pretty much for everyone in the United States from spring break until the end of the year. And still for some um, university yep. students, you know, like everything was turned upside down. And so the specifics might be different, but I think a lot of people were just sitting alone without any connection to anybody because it was all stripped away and just saying yeah. and thinking to themselves, what in the world do I do now? And so I think to to this day through the pandemic, especially when it comes to ministry, we need to be thinking about there are people who will feel loss and it won't just be because you know their their wife leaves them or they get broken up with or somebody dies or something huge like that happens sometimes the huge things can literally just be a shift in life that is unexpected or even if it was expected it's still crazy and so i i really appreciate i you know i hadn't really thought about your perspective on that too much um but yeah, I could see how it, it it's either like anxiety or depression. It all works together, right? It's like, yeah, holy crap, what am I going to do now? Like, yeah, and I think <laughs> I think I think that's something that we don't talk about really good in the church. Um and not to get into that thing cuz that's a whole other topic. We should sure. make a whole video on that. Uh, yeah, but let's like, do it. <laughs> uh yeah, exactly. But like I think for me, uh just Relax. I, it wasn't until I had watched a Francis Chan video, right? He's one of my favorite yeah. ministers of all time. And he, he said in one of his videos, he said for, for, he said for a moment, God is asking for us to like slow down mm. was his like idea behind it. Yeah. And it's like, that's so true. Like I, I had never thought of that. And it's like in this moment of 2020, we were forced to slow down. Yeah. And God was asking us, what are we going to do with that? Are you going to sit on that or are you going to use that as an opportunity to grow? And, you know, it, I'd like to say I was growing every day, but, you know, I'm a human. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> there was there was times I seriously doubted God and was like, what, you know, where, where, what, what, are, what are you doing up there? You know, like, can you help me out? And and just learning how to like, I don't know, I guess 2020 for me has been a blessing and a curse in the same like retrospect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people um, would agree with that. I mean. I think a lot of a lot of times you touched on it, but we we should definitely have an episode about this. You're absolutely right. God uses, I mean, I don't know where we think in scripture it is that God uses the good times to grow or the the good times to form us. Um, it doesn't ever say that. I mean, sure, no. God can use the great times to build us up and and form us, but I think a lot of times he uses the the trying times, the hard times to form us into who we are. And I think we both have, you know, we're young. And we already have some experiences where we've seen God do that. And I think mm-hmm. if you you look at especially those people that I think we all should respect within within the church, those older people have seen a lot of life and done a lot of growing through hard times. And so I, yeah. I think you totally hit that on the head. Um, yeah, but we'll talk about ministry a little bit more there. But I just wanted to share with the audience at least um, kind of what happened for me in COVID. I mean, I was also in... Um, you know, seminary school situation, a little bit different than, than colleges, but we still had to go online and we still, um, never had a, an official graduation. And yes, I got my, you know, my ordination and my diploma in the mail. 
and it took forever. I didn't get it till like September, but that's all right. That's good. I got it. Like yeah, I think I think I got mine before you did actually. Oh yeah, you totally did. And I was because like, I shared it with you, and you're like, well, I hope I. Got it. <laughs> you know, it was really yeah. funny because I was uh, performing a wedding, and I got it about a week before the wedding, and you know legality sake doesn't matter too much here in Wyoming, but I was a little <laughs> like, okay, hopefully nobody asks. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, you know, we, we finished school up, um, left class, left school. And then I moved because I had already been preaching online since about March for, for the church, which really was a blessing that I got to financially. And, you know, spiritually, I got to be a part of these people's lives in the midst of this. And, and for me, it also gave us the opportunity to slide in and move and, and be funded to do that. So it worked out really well. Um, but I moved across the country back from Texas to Wyoming and then <laughs> went ahead and got married in June. And yeah. that was crazy. And I can't, that was crazy. I can't speak into that anymore, except for that was crazy. Um, mm -hmm. it didn't go as planned, but it went great. You know what I mean? So it did, it, you know, it did go great for not being as thing you guys envisioned you yeah know. <laughs> yeah we we literally had our wedding venue canceled a, a two weeks before our wedding day and just that was the beginning of, of all the problems but you know god still blessed it and i think the reason he blessed it is because he saw two of his his creations becoming one and god loves that and so Amen. whether or not the worldly parts of it got figured out exactly it was amazing i mean i don't think we could have made it not amazing but that was really cool. <laughs> anyway, that's just kind of where we're at. My wife and I are both settled in very comfortably here in Wyoming and have been for months, uh, for about four months now. So it's been, it's been really good. And I mean, COVID was weird, no doubt. And it's made church weird. Um, I don't know how you guys are doing stuff or what, like the, the we're kind of coming out of it now, you know, especially here in mm -hmm. the, in the Midwest and then the Northwest, as you get to the coast, it's locked down a little more, but so I don't know what, what did you guys look like during the the middle of it? And what do you look like now as far as how does church work for you guys? Well, and you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard for me to speak towards the middle of it. Cause you know, I've kind of gotten here toward, toward, you know, towards the end of it. But when I come in August, they had, and they still have it. They have one side that's, that's uh, socially distanced and the other that's not. And so they're basically allowing the people to decide, you know, what you want to do. And, yeah. They're really good, though. We're really good about wearing masks in the lobby, uh, just because if it's a it's a higher population um, right. and there's more of a risk over here. Um, but surprisingly, Idaho is less strict on their policies about that due to like there is not that many cases in the state of Idaho. Good, which is which is really interesting. But um, also, I kind of get it because it's not like a huge state. They have a couple big cities, like Boise is kind of a hot spot. Coeur d'Alene is like, I'd say it's like 50, 50. Okay. Um, and so like there is definitely a risk and you know, me being a minister, I have to watch out for that and, and just yeah. be careful about that. Um, and really it's just been like, for me, it's been observing how much the church cares about people because they're willing to take steps. And even the people who can't wear masks because of medical conditions uh -huh. or something like that, they'll at least wear one walking in and walking out. And I appreciate that for the people who are at risk in our congregations. Yeah. And so we, we've been kind of coming out of it too. We, we plan eventually to, uh, I think towards the end of October, hopefully we're planning on trying to 
get some Bible classes back and that would be great for me so I could start my teen classes, you know? And so, um, but for me, it's been a good learning experience, you know, that in, even in the midst of a pandemic, God is still here. God is still working. Yeah. Um, I was at something this weekend and, and somebody said, uh, God's still there. And I really, I don't know why that those three words stuck with me, but I was like, man, that's good. I want to put that on my face mask. God's still there, you know, because oh, yeah. it, it's easy to think about, um, think that he's left us in the midst of affliction. And that's what I would call the pandemic really, but he hasn't, he's still there. And he's just, he's watching his people work through some trying times. And I, I think that's very true. Um, one yeah. thing that made me think, um, I don't know if you know the verse, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now while we're talking, but, uh, Paul, when Paul speaks about, um, being a man unto all men, do you know what verse I'm talking mm-hmm. about there? Um, I think that's in Corinthians. I think it is too, but I've been having trouble finding that. Um, you know what? I'm going to search it up real quick. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, find that verse for us so we can at least cite it a little bit. But when what, I, th- what, what was it again? Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. When we, I think Paul says being a man unto all men or, or something along that line. Um, I was having trouble looking it up really quick, but anyway, but when, when you said that, what you guys were kind of doing for church, I made me think about that is we want to be accommodating as a church to all people, whether or not, you know, they are embracing masks or embracing uh, social distancing or, or that's kind of the things that are on our mind right now. Right. But yeah. we want to be accommodating to all people, not, not offensive in either direction. And so yeah. I, I really kind of appreciate that. And that's kind of where I think we should be as a church. Yeah, I agree. But, I think I found it. Yeah. Um, well, it's first Corinthians nine twenty two. He's like to the weak. I become weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Heck yeah. You got it right there. All things yeah. into all people. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, and that was uh for reference. That was first Corinthians nine twenty two. So. Right <laughs> first Corinthians nine twenty two. Yes, Perfect. sir. So, I mean, Church looks different. Um, church is definitely going to keep looking different for for us. Again, we are kind of in a spot where people. I mean, I live in Wyoming, man. People are independent, right? They don't they don't <laughs> yeah. care, and they're not going to tell you how many guns they have. But yeah. we uh, that's how Idaho is. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of interesting because we come from Montana, and it's interesting to see the shift over twenty some years of paying it. You know, knowing what's happening in the world. Montana sure. is kind of a little bit opposite than both of us right now because they are a little more strict with their regulations, their masks, um, yep. and, and when it comes to worshiping as well. Like a lot of their churches are still meeting outdoors, uh, still meeting face requirement, face mask requirements because that is a state requirement right now, or mm-hmm. outdoors. And so it's just interesting looking at at the church dynamics across the country. I have some friends in Oklahoma that were saying. Um, their churches are looking like 30%, you know, they can come back, but only 30% have. And I look at that compared to like where I'm at and we're probably 75% are back in the building. Like I can count on my hands, uh, the families that aren't there and sure. it's just five to 10, you know? And so yeah. it's a little different. Um, and that's something I want to talk about a little bit as well. What do you think has changed in the midst of this pandemic in, in church or in, you know, maybe ministry, we can broaden it a little bit. 
What do you think's changed and what do you think will stay changed? Or do you think it'll all go back to normal? I, yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I think, I think people are yearning for fellowship again. Um, and I've heard from, mm-hmm. uh, I just recently helped get live streaming up for my church. And that's been a blessing to a lot of people. Um, they've already like called me in my office today and we're like, thank you so much for sending this up and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that because they didn't have anything like that. And so they were missing out on that fellowship. But I also think that that's a double-edged sword. Um, I, I feel, you know, live streaming is good, but I also feel like it can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's and different. What I mean, yeah, it's different. And what I mean by that is, you know, people can get into a routine. Like Michael, our minister, said something in one of his sermons like, you know, we, we've gotten so used to, you know, oh, I get to sleep in because there's no Bible class, you mm. know, and that when we're talking about like bringing Bible classes back and stuff, it's like people are going to start getting into routine. And I think it might take a little bit to start breaking out of that. Yeah. But I think it, it will. I think it will go back to how it was. And my my reasoning behind that is, number one, God is above everything. Yeah. Um, or should be, you know. And number two is people, I think, are going to miss that in-person fellowship. Because for me, like I'm an, I'm an ampervert, right? So I'm an extroverted introvert. And okay. everything... Yeah, it's weird. I didn't know we had Every, a name, but I like it. I'm I'm one too. We, Let's do it. Yep, yep. We do have a name. Yeah, I took a ministry thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and so the interesting thing about that was like that, like so many people are craving that in person fellowship because mm-hmm. that's different than streaming. Well, oh, yeah. yes, in streaming you can see people, you can sing the songs, you can be there. You're not really there a lot of times. You're distracted. You're, you know, you're doing. And I don't want to speak for everyone here. Um, but I know for me, being able to at least lead worship and have singers there is amazing. <laughs> and that is, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's a decision the churches, and you know, I know some churches aren't doing that because it's a super spreader or whatever. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's tough and it's a, it's a slippery slope, but I think eventually it'll get back to normal because people will want that in-person fellowship again. Yeah. I, I really, I appreciate those thoughts. I really hope that's true. Um, cause you know, that's kind of the, man, I'm, I'm trying to say this with grace, but that's, if you talk around churches, especially in conservative churches, um, like our background, I would say the number one argument against live streaming, that's the one we'll pick on, but I mean, it's, it's changing to try and reach people right now, whatever it might be. Let's pick on live streaming. The number one argument against it is, well, people will just do that for church and it's not the same. It's, and it's not the same. Um, it's, there's no, no singing together when you're watching a Facebook live. I mean, there might be singing from our house and singing from the church building, but there's definitely, um, not that community. There's not the fellowship. And so it's different. It's a hundred percent different, but I want to come back to the fact that when people say that's the reason we shouldn't be doing it, that's a bad reason. You know, oh, I, I agree. I agree. And it, it kind of, it, it kind of drives me up a wall a little bit because we get easily distracted and say, well, we shouldn't be doing that because it's different. And it's not that it's any less spiritual. It's not that it's, right. it's a worse way to deliver the gospel message, which I would argue it's not actually. Um, right. But it's just that right. it's uncomfortable and it's different. And so... I, you know, coming back to real life here, we, 
embraced streaming. I think I, I, I presumed all churches had to, but you know, I talk to people sometimes and they're still <laughs> live streaming from a cell phone if at all. And I'm like, geez, okay. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, we embraced live streaming right away in March and you know, for the time that it was locked down, you know, a month and a half or two months or whatever, um, had a, had a, you know, televangelist set that I preached from, (laughs) (laughs) but then we got to go back into real life, you know, meeting in person and our live streaming has, has changed to, you know, be in the building and and have the PowerPoint and and the songs and everything, but it's still there and it's presence, you know, it's adapted, but it's presence is still as strong as when it was the only form of church we had. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's different. It's, gonna but i think it'll always exist i think now that we've seen an, a new slice of the ministry um, yeah and kind of how we can do church it'll be awkward and, but i think we should make sure it always exists um yeah well and that's a good point um you know going back to before i left mile city i kind of helped a little bit yeah with <laughs> you know and and in mile city um they're still in like a primitive stage for live streaming and um, and I was talking to Cooper about this the other day, but like when Cooper would go live on his Facebook, he'd have his people from work come mm-hmm. and watch it who would not step a foot in that door. hundred percent. Like, you know, they, they would not like literally be there, but they're there because they're listening. You know, they work with my dad, a uh, little right. backstory, my dad and, and brother-in-law Cooper, they work at a correctional facility. Um, and so they work with, with these people. And so in, in that idea, you know, I think it should still exist because you're reaching a different audience. Yeah. It's just, it's another way we can minister. Um, but I do think that, I think what will happen is when the vaccine comes through, if a vaccine, you know, what, whatever yeah. happens, however God decides to take care of it, mm-hmm. I guess I should say it like that. It's a diplomatic answer. <laughs> uh, however God decides to take care of it, I think we're going to learn, we're going to adapt. And we're still going to have live streaming, but we're definitely going to be ready to embrace in person. Again, yeah. I think. I, and I completely agree. And I mean, when you're listening at home, guys, we're not just picking on live streaming. It's just the no. most <laughs> obvious one, because no matter what church or what background you came from, um, whether you're a mega church or a micro church, like live streaming kind of had to happen for almost everybody. <laughs> so that's the easy yep. one. Yep. Easy one to pick on. But, you know, I, I like what you just said there. Because if we use it and we use it correctly, ultimately it should be maybe the first step someone takes. Um, I I really like when we think of Christianity or even following Christ in steps, you know, because mm-hmm. even yeah. before salvation, um, before you're a full on Christian, you got to take some steps. I mean, first you got to, you got to hear about God at all. And then, you know, Definitely. you, you got to be like, man, I, I think I want to follow. I think I want to believe. And like you keep taking yeah. the steps until you're saved. And then after you're saved, you keep taking steps to grow and be strong in the church. And so when we look at live streaming, let's let's make it the first step for people who, who would never set foot in a church building, like you just said, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In the in the the lockdown state when I was you know on my set instead of at the church building, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> it, I had the same sort of response, right? People that know me for 
who I am beyond you know, the church or ministry, like know me as a car guy or know me um, from business and marketing and, you yeah. know, just know me because I grew up in the same town as them. We're watching my gospel message, you know, preaching on, on Facebook, people that aren't Christians or definitely aren't um, our brand of Christianity. Maybe they're in some denomination or something, right? Would watch sure, us, yeah. would watch me and comment and, say, you know, good sermon and things that, you know, I would never see those people in church, but yet because right. they were alone and they needed the community, they turned to God and, or, and yeah. I think God was just using a live stream with my stupid floating head on it. Right. They turned <laughs> to God and post lockdown, you know, back in church. Now we've actually seen a couple of families come to the in-person services because they have watched online Wow, and, that's that's a that's a good problem you have there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm not. I don't think we're growing yet. I mean, it's again, we're small. Like, and we've right. still lost some people from COVID. But you know, I was thinking about that the other day, and then just this past Sunday, we saw a family for the second time that said they had watched us online, and they were back a second time. You know, and I've yeah. I've talked to people from different cities that'll comment. You know, when they see me in person about something I said in a lesson. So it's like, man, what it's so much different, but yet it's a very, very effective tool. And yeah, it, it's just, it's crazy. Like mm -hmm. Facebook, Facebook is a disaster. I mean, oh, definitely. I, I can't even, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you Don't can be started on that I, one. I, you know, <laughs> I picked I pick the name brand to pick on, but like, you know, Satan can use these internet socials as much as we can. And he has. And he has. Yeah. But flipping that around, we should be using them as well. Um, right. yeah. I told Christian before we hopped into the podcast, did you have anything to say about that? Because I don't want to just keep rambling on. But <laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I told Christian before we started, um, the scripture that I wanted to point out when we were talking today is, is in Acts. And again, we referred to Paul already. Um, but I want to refer to him again in Acts chapter 17, because I think it, it ties in. In Acts chapter 17, um, I'd invite you to read this on your own and read out of whatever version you like. But the story is still the same, right? But Acts 17, I'm going to pick like verse 16 is kind of where the story starts. And we're going to pick up and read in verse 22. But Acts 17, verse 16, we pick up with Paul and he's in Athens. Mm -hmm. And you know, you don't have to be a Bible major to know much about Athens because we think Greece, you know, Greek, right? Gods, goddesses, um, vulgar culture, but it's all worship to them. And so if you think <laughs> of Greece and Athens, that's where Paul was at. And so what happens is, is Paul is in that city as a missionary, a, miss a missionary for Christ Jesus. And he's like, how am I going to reach these people? And we pick up and we, we see in verse 22, Paul stood in the middle of the Areopolis and he said, people of Athens, I see that you are extremely religious in every respect. So verse 22, Paul calls out and he says, I see that you guys love gods and you're very religious. Uh, Acts 17, 23, for I was passing through and observing all of the objects of your worship. I even found an altar on which there was an inscribed on it to an unknown God. 
to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in is ignorance, and I proclaim that to you. So, like the story of Paul is he, he was walking through the religious epicenter and he saw all of their idols to all of these great gods. And he says, hey man, I saw one that said to an unknown God, and you're worshiping this one just because you don't even know. That's what the ignorance means, right? You don't even know if there's another God. And I'm not going to read the rest. I invite you to, but I, let me tell you what happens. Paul says that unknown God, I know him. I know him yeah. and let me tell you about him. And what he does is he takes the culture and he uses it to share the gospel. He doesn't force the gospel into the culture, but rather he just, he takes a, a little piece of the culture that everyone knows and everyone is comfortable with an idol. And he makes that and turns that into the gospel. <laughs> and I yeah. just, I just love that because you say that to church leaders today. And I mean, it's out of scripture. It's not my opinion. This is literally what Paul did in the beginnings of the church. And they would be like, yeah, that's good. And then I'd be like, okay, so what's your unknown God idol? Yeah. And they, I don't think we want to use the unknown. That's scary. That's, that's too worldly to touch on. Right. But at thinking in a pandemic, you know, Live streaming could be the unknown God. And then we're taking it, flipping it and making it more than just video games on Twitch. We're making it the gospel message, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> OBS, OBS. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if any of you guys are the tech guys, not a sponsor, <laughs> open broadcaster software. That's where you got to go. But like, man, we, we really shouldn't be scared of using the world's idol to share the gospel. And I think that's where yeah. a lot of this, this fear comes in of like, well, we can't, we can't live stream forever because it's the world's, you know, people mm -hmm. will sit at home and watch with their coffee in their pajamas. And that's unholy. Well, it's not unholy. Is it's it just, though? Is my question. No, <laughs> no I, I don't think it is. And you yeah. know, we don't have to dive too far into that. It's just, that's another topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's Baby. just, that's exactly what you would do if you were watching any other yeah. video on Facebook and we wouldn't or care YouTube. Yeah. or YouTube, right? If you hopped on and watched the masked singer on Sunday morning, you know, or some <laughs> other TV show, I don't care. And you did it in your pajamas with a cup of coffee. Nobody would give a dang anywhere. That's true. But yet, you know, we come and we say, well, church, church is special and it is. But I think the reason it's special is because of the message, not be, not how, we get to the message, which it, in Paul's case was an idol to a, to an unknown God that they thought was one of their Greek gods. And he said, yeah. actually it's the true God. <laughs> well, and what's interesting about that is a little earlier um, when the Pharisees are, they call him, you know, you're just an idol babbler. Uh -huh. And the word that's used there, the Greek word literally means seed picker. And what's interesting about that is they were literally saying, you are no better than a bird who is picking up scraps of information and leaving the rest. But that's not what Paul was, you know, Paul's saying, guys, I'm not idle babbling. I'm telling you truth. And why it's uncomfortable is because it's truth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times today, when, when we when we look at live streaming, when we look at, um, seg you know, segueing into that, a lot of times, you know, we, we get uncomfortable with live streaming, but 
in a lot of ways, it's the truth right now, you know, yeah. and it's it's hard because anytime in church, you know, church politics and how that works, you're going to have people, you're not going to be able to please to everyone. No. Like, that's just, <laughs> it's not, it's not a reality. I mean, you know that better than anyone because we are in the midst of, you know, literally being in the ministry work. Yeah. But yeah. What's important is to just we need to be willing to listen. I've I've drove mm-hmm. that home in my in my personal podcast that I do. Um I've drove that home the idea that we have got to have like I'm talking about the fruits of the spirit in the other one, not to get into what I'm talking about yeah. a little bit, but yeah. like we need to have we need to show that with people, especially in a culture right now where it's us versus them, left versus right, this, that, this, that. You know, there's sides when in reality we need to be willing to see people for who they are, talk yeah. to them, you know, and, and the same thing with live stream and no live stream, live stream. We have to have compassion for both. Definitely. I mean, and it's, I mean, again, guys, we're not trying to harp on, on live streaming, but it's the most relevant one, right? But yeah. we need to take whatever we can and use it for God. Cause we sure, we sure know that Satan takes everything and tries to twist it. So we should definitely mm-hmm. be taking it and trying to make sure it's, it's pure to the point of, yo, God made this thing. Let's use it. And yeah, I do think it's scary though. Cause it, that means, you know, what I, I just too. said is that opened up everything on this earth. And I mean, there's some of them that I, I cannot do. I cannot personally because of my struggles and how Satan likes to manipulate me. I cannot use a strip club as a ministry, but there are people that can, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm not saying you have to pick the hard ones for you because <laughs> I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't pick all the hard ones either, but sure. You know, we can't be scared of using um, anything to share the gospel and yeah. the reason that, you know, coming back to live stream, the reason that live stream is so scary is because we might have to use it and it might take away from the way that we have been using church forever. Right. And I don't want to lose the way we've been doing church forever either. I love seeing those people in the chairs and I love not being able to leave the church building for an hour because I'm loving on people and they're talking to me. Yeah. I love yep. that. I- even if I miss my football game. Yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I love like what you get to do. I love singing praises, but I also love mm-hmm. the, the unexplainable, um, you know, standing on the stage, freaking out about what I'm going to say of, out of God's word, <laughs> reading God's word and letting him just, blah, I don't know what he said, but he said something. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah. I, I zoned out and God took over. I love that. But that doesn't mean that I that we need to back down from all of these other avenues, <laughs> and that's kind well, of and that's kind of just where we're at right now in this world. Go yeah. for it. Well, and I think like if we look at Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty, the Great Commission, the thing that Jesus gives the disciples, but also applies to us. I feel like yeah, for sure. When we look at that, it doesn't say God into all the world. And preach a good news, unless it's live streaming. Then you can't, you know, that's not technically sharing the word. No, it it's going to all the word, preach a good news, baptizing them in the name, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But that is a mission statement. Oh, that's yeah. not just something to take lightly. That's not like part of the way. 
it's everything we do is an opportunity to be a teaching moment. Yeah. And that, I mean, that ties, <laughs> that's life. That's what our, our life should be, whether you're a hired yeah. minister or not. And you're absolutely yes. right. That doesn't say go into, uh, go into all the world only in church buildings. It, you know, it, it right. means the whole, every In fact, aspect. the world is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It means every aspect. And I think that ties in, which is, which is really perfect, Christian. Um, it ties into kind of the whole point of this podcast and, and this series is really when you, when you serve God, you love people they go hand yeah. in hand and that means all people. And then mm-hmm. when you serve God and love people, that defines your whole life, which is the whole aspect of tell your story. Um, because that it, it all becomes one. You don't have to have multiple faces. You are who you are and you're yeah. an imperfect person that that's going to serve God. And that's what it boils down to. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on who you are 2020 and how the church ha- has changed and where we're kind of at to just wrap us up in the last minutes here? Sure. I think one last thing I want to say, um, the sermon series we're going over at Dawn Gardens right now is in Joshua. Mm-hmm. And Michael has ordered the entire church, and I'll show you, but you're the only one that can see because we're FaceTiming, but, <laughs> uh, is these courage bands. And there's these red bands with the word courage written on there. Cool. And our idea behind them is we wear them for four weeks, but during this week when we're talking about courage, and really in 2020, that's what we need to have. Yeah. Is courage. And I'm not saying I'm not saying don't take COVID seriously. Like, yeah, we should take it serious, but we should all have also have the courage to still share God's message in the midst of a pandemic, no Mm. matter what. Because that's number one. The rest will follow. (laughs) You know? That's really, really great. And I mean, just to wrap things up here, I I love the courage thought. If you guys want to again, this podcast is is really geared towards people that are are in the church or people that you know are walking with God but share this episode if you want people to to hear like kind of what ministers and and workers in the church are thinking about um but also in the description and links and stuff we'll have Christians podcast too which literally is just a, a small daily or every other daily dose of just mm-hmm. God's word and if you want to share you know prolong that gospel you got to you got an awesome little resource to use for that for anybody listening. So I invite you to check it out. It'll be in the comments below. Yeah. It's titled piece of the bread, piece of the bread, piece of the bread podcast. All right, guys. Well, I do want to give a shout out to uh, our sponsor for this episode, which is special. Um, just because we got started, my company three, two, three marketing is sponsoring Sweet. this episode and oh, the guy that awesome. owns it's pretty dope. <laughs> but anyway, I heard he's great. <laughs> just just want to give a shout out because they uh, supplied all of the gear to do this. So we'll drop the link to them in the below, which is me, by the way. But anyway, drop the link for them below <laughs> if you want to do any physical marketing stuff, t-shirts and whatnot. Make, make some great t-shirts. I'm Thank you, man. You. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't have a lot going on. Just a marketing company and ministry and this podcast. That's it. Uh, and my wife, my goodness, forgot about her. You should never forget about her. <laughs> my goodness, dangerous. But also, guys, um, we all of this info is going to be up on the podcast website, liveboldpodcast.com. And if you find our anchor page, which has links to all the places you can listen, uh, there you can drop a recorded message for us, or you can even uh, support us with a monthly gift or a one-time gift if you want to help pay the bills around here. So... 
lots and lots of stuff on liveboldpodcast.com or anchor.fm slash livebold. Um, we got tons and tons of resources about the podcast and our lives. So mm. check it out. All right, Christian. Well, thanks for joining me this week, man. Not a problem. We will see you again in a week or two, and we'll record another episode of the Live Bold Podcast, I guess. Looking forward to it. All right. Until next time, guys, I'm Harold. I'm Christian. And we'll see you again right here on the Live Bold Podcast.